Hi, my name is Pat Live and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is Tuesday, April 27, 2021. Every week I try and figure out how to tweak and change the intro. We are all well aware we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's essentially been no live music for just over a year. Tours have been cancelled, many into 2022, and clubs, at least those that have managed to hang on, have been shut tight since March 2020. This particular project, the Pandemic Interviews, is focused on those who spend their lives writing and recording the soundtracks of our lives. I've spent 10 months reaching out and connecting with as many artists as possible to see how they're coping both personally and professionally. They all have their own stories, unique experiences, and opinions to share. No two are exactly alike. It's allowed me and all of you the opportunity to get to know them just a little bit better as musicians and as human beings. It's been a great pleasure to speak to each and every one of them. We've spoken indoors and outdoors, in parks, on back decks, and studios. Every once in a while, you'll hear one of Mother Nature's creatures offering their own opinion. Our return to some semblance of sanity or normalcy is an unknown as of this date. The entire world will be transformed, not just arts and entertainment. For many, it's a new beginning. For some, it's picking up the shattered pieces of a stained glass window and gluing them back together. But the outcome will be a different picture. I met Brandon Gregory and his band, Drop Top Alibi, when I was interviewing for the bout a music competition sponsored by Toronto Club, The Hideout. I'm vague on the year. It was either 2017 or 2018. Part of Toronto's vibrant local indie music scene, Drop Top Alibi was formed in June of 2016 by Brandon Gregory and Dylan Wikes. A very short time later, they found themselves recording their debut single, Holding the Gun, at Metalworks Studio with Gilby Clark, formerly of Guns N' Roses, producing. Not long after, Gregory and Wikes were able to complete the band lineup with the addition of Luke Ricci and Jeff Cox. Drop Top Alibi quickly became one of the most high-energy and mesmerizing rock acts in Toronto. Since the release of their self-titled EP, the band went on to support Gilby during his Canadian tour in the fall of 2017. In a very short period of time, Drop Top Alibi has shared the stage with Finger Eleven, I, Mother Earth, and Theory of a Dead Man, to name a few. In the summer of 2019, the band were named 97.7 CHTZ-FM's Rock Search winners, earning them their radio debut with their single, Burn. I connected with Brandon in June of 2020 to see how he and the band were doing. We met at Heart Lake Conservation Park and enjoyed each other's company, chatting on a beautiful summer day. Things were just starting to open up after the first wave of the pandemic. Now, here we are over a year into this craziness, and we're still back where we started. I'm sitting here with Brandon Gregory from the band Drop Top Alibi, and we're going to have a little chat about what he's been doing. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Lovely blue sky, beautiful day. So a year ago, now that we're smack in the middle of this COVID pandemic thing, mm -hmm. what were you doing a year ago? Where were you? Well, one year ago today, 
was game six of the NBA Finals. So I was actually helping an old friend of mine's dad get a concrete pad in the backyard ready, doing some cash work. So I was freelancing as a musician last year. Um, and I was real excited to go down to the hideout, shout out to the Good Brothers, and uh, watch the game. We all know what happens. I was there with a couple of friends, and uh, we had a blast. We went down to Young and Dundas Square afterwards and got to live in a moment in history. Nice. Oh, yes. We are the North. Mm -hmm. We the North. That's right. So musically, what was Drop Top Alibi doing at that time? We just won Rock Search at this time last year. It had been a couple of weeks. Uh, Burn was in their rotation, and it was starting to feel like it was going to stay because it was getting played twice a day. It had been a few weeks, and it ended up staying in their rotation until September or October, I believe. So there was a lot of uh, really positive kind of optimism for what the summer was going to bring. We'd started kind of getting bigger and better show offers. Some of our emails that we'd been sending out were starting to get responses. We started talking to, like, Kurt Dahl, the lawyer out in Saskatchewan who plays drum and drums in One Bad Son. We were really starting to kind of build our team, and we were sitting on new music that Michael Hansen had co-produced. He was the original drummer in Glass Tiger. Um, so it was a lot of optimism, and the weather was beautiful. I was a... You know, freelance contract musician, so teaching part-time in the afternoons and evenings, getting to enjoy the sunshine with, you know, whoever. And it was, it was a really good time. So you guys are working really hard to get the music out, to get live shows happening throughout the summer of 2019 mm -hmm. and winter and fall as well. But what were you planning for 2020 as far as the Drop Top Alibi went? Well, 2020, we had, in February, we had a string of shows playing with Royal Tusk, Broken Love, which was great, at Lee's Palace, and then later that same week we opened for Theory of a Dead Man up in Mavericks Music Hall in Barrie. And we released a brand new single, Take It All in Stride, and we were weeks away from announcing uh, a 22-date Western Canada tour. Uh, we had a four-and-a-half-week tour planned that was, had us leaving April 17th, so obviously that was cancelled. Um, that would have been kind of our, okay, the miles have been put on the road in this country. This is one of the, you know, things we needed to still do. Momentum was building. We were still sitting on one more single after taking all in stride. That's probably going to come out later this summer. Uh, Michael Hansen co-produce. We were in the studio demoing out songs. We were, yeah, we were going to record. We were going to hit the festival circuit. We had a big tour planned and, you know, we were going to really start fortifying a lot of the relationships and the legwork that we had done from last year after the rock search thing. This year, a lot of things were starting to come to fruition. We had started talking to Gilby down in L.A. again. We had started, you know, we contacted our union rep for visas to figure out the states. Kurt was helping us with some stuff. This was going to be a really big year for us. But obviously, you know, things that are bigger than all of us happened and we're doing our part and you know we're making quarantine videos we're doing live streams interviews and you know our friends and allies have been releasing music and putting out content there's community support for us and you know for everybody else kind of within our community has been great and we're just kind of all trying to hold each other up and 
everybody's been doubling down on how to make the digital marketing thing work better and everyone is having really good results with it because we're all putting a lot more work into it now we have to so it's been good in that sense you have to learn new skills but you know we had a lot of really big things planned for this year that probably aren't going to happen until next year if even next year who knows right well if so are you so everybody is pulling together which is really great to hear so still staying relevant, still staying on social media, mm-hmm. still writing. Oh yes. How's we, the writing going? Is it <laughs> is it is it reflecting? It's very reflective what, of what's going on now, or maybe not. Um, y- y- maybe not so much from a socio political standpoint, but from like for myself, just like a lot of it, you know, mental health, general mood, demeanor. I mean, I was kind of you know doing some things for my own kind of you know mental health and you know. Uh, benefit before all of this and luckily you know technologies like zoom still exist so I've been able to keep at most of it but yeah just kind of being in the middle of this sort of progress and journey and and within myself and then all of a sudden now you're isolated okay what's that feel like and that's what a lot of the subject matter has been about um and also reminiscent of, you know, good times, bad times, realizations. There's a lot of time to sit and think right now, right? So it's been a lot of that kind of stuff. But we are also sitting, like as a band, we were sitting on 30 songs before this quarantine happened. So those songs are a little more optimistic, a little more fun, a little more this and that. But we've also probably written another 20 or 30 songs since then. Wow, that's and quite prolific. It's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Now, half of it's probably going to end up on some sort of solo project or maybe co-writes that I try to, you know, demo out and see if I can, if other people are interested in using them. But the stuff that would probably work for Drop Top is certainly a lot more like, okay, yeah, this is the other side. You know, riff rock kind of party songs like Burn and Heavy Metal Baby. And then, you know, what's the dark side of that? A lot of that material has been coming out of the creative process so far. But now with kind of things easing up and restrictions being lifted, the four of us are comfortable to start getting together again. So we're going to start working through all of our demos and start working through all the songs and start getting ready for what the next record's going to look like. That sounds wonderful, actually. You guys have been really keep You've been keeping on top of it. So your motivation isn't lacking. I've been talking to a few others where it's just like the motivation is starting to sort of slow down. It's a tr- it's a challenge. I mean, there's guys who I who I'm looking at. You know, a big shout out to Andy C from Revive the Rose. I look at him, and I think, man, the, the motor on that dude is just relentless. And there's days where I feel like I'm really not doing anything, but then there's days where it's like, no, you're actually still doing a lot. There's you know you have to kind of keep in in mind what what you do, what your style of things are doing, and realizing kind of what your strengths are. Like for me, it's a lot more behind the scenes stuff. It's a lot more practicing writing you know emailing kind of trying to see what i'm doing and i'm not nearly as technologically savvy as say like somebody like andy is and he's he's been doing this weekly live stream show that's awesome his guests are incredible and it's doing great for the relevancy um of of that band putting out content and that's just not our style that's just not something that you know we want to do neither of the four of us were into we're into that and that's okay so what do we do instead you know we've we've been kind of chopping up these quarantine videos four of us in a corner we've been writing a lot we've been 
the big thing for us, the push has been, we have one more song. This could be a little while until things are back to normal. How are we going to maximize the release of this song? So it's been a lot of research. It's been a lot of reading. It's been a lot of connections being made. We've made some good contacts in the States to try to expand the reach of this. Like Canada is great. It's our home, but it's small. So we'd love to try to break into the U.S. a little bit with this, with some playlist help and stuff like that. So we've just been doing a lot of research and a lot of kind of talking about what's going on and then not to mention you know there's things happening in the world that are grabbing our attention as they should be so it's also doing our diligence with that as just human beings you know yeah. so motivation definitely there's days where it's a challenge um but nothing a good drunk for a day or two or four can't fix i don't know if i'll write that <laughs> <laughs> and then you wake up and you go okay time to reset and then you, you're kind of back Press into the reset it. button again. yeah so so how are you finding writing i mean everybody's in isolation mm -hmm. some people are finding it challenging when they're with other members of their band to write sort of in isolation through zoom or however mm -hmm. you're doing it mm -hmm. and others are uh, sally for instance she's thriving on it mm -hmm. she actually loves it how are you finding that because you get, there's a different vibe when you're in a room yeah with 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 your with band members and you know sort of riffing off each other and you feed off each other do you get the same same thing when you're writing in isolation well it's the, ch the th like the drop top method is, has always been either I write a song that gets done verbatim or I have 75 to 80% of the song and then it comes to rehearsal and then things like tone and texture and hey what if we try this what if we try that that's when that starts to happen so as far as getting things you know verse pre-chorus chorus demo minute and a half demos done for initial song ideas that's i can do that on my own because that's typically how it goes for us but we have started co-writing as a unit okay. quite a bit more before the lockdown so in terms of that momentum continuing obviously it's a challenge but the thing about the zoom calls i've been doing a lot of co-writes lately with people outside of the band and the thing that the because there's lag and latency with the online stuff the you're sort of forced to be more patient with the person you're writing with because you have to let them sit and show you what they're doing or you get the chance to sit and show whoever it is what you're doing and it's a lot of tracking rough demos voice memos or whatever sending it back and forth sitting with it hey what if we tried this so it's a lot more kind of like i read somewhere that sort of the way that Flea and John Frusciante used to do things in the Chili Peppers was when there was like a stagnation they would both kind of just separate write their own part come back together whoever's part they liked more they'd start kind of working with it from there so that is sort of the process that's forced upon you with this um, and it's got its benefits like Luke and I have done some co-writes um, Dylan's been getting involved he's more so been kind of because he got himself set up with a little interface so he's been kind of taking old demos we made before the quarantine happened and really really digging into the lead guitar parts which is great that's what we need them to do anyhow because um, that's all that was really left to work on some of those demos right but luke and i have actually been zooming and facetiming together um for new songs new arrangements uh, and it's been really good because we have to we make our own demos we send them to each other we sit with it we think about it and we you have to really sit there and listen. You can't really interrupt anybody. You can't really, you know, be playing at the same time and then all of a sudden you're off in your own direction doing whatever. 
you know it's you're sort of forced to really listen to the other person and really listen to what you're trying to do because you have to record it there's no kind of being stuck in your own little world you right away have to record it and you hear it back and you go yeah that actually is pretty shit let's try this or let's or, or this is pretty good but what if it it's lacking here it's good there so as far as I would say for the quality, it's definitely uh, helping for sure because you can't just slap something together. Um, but obviously, we are at the point with a number of these songs where now we have to get together. And just, you know, not being able, because I mean, drop, we, we really try to focus on, you know, Queens of the Stone Age is such a huge influence for us. And the big reason we love that band is the subtleties, the tones, the nuances, the production, the this, the that. We cannot get into any of that until we're together with our full rigs going. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. Um, but as far as getting ideas out in the creative process, initially, the isolation mode has been pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, actually. Time for what a friend of mine used to say, some tunage. Not your average Sunday morning. A fun song, Drop Top Alibi, loved performing live. The band decided to produce it themselves to see how it would turn out. You be the judge. And I can see the conflict in your pride. I can see you sparkling someone's eyes. And I know you got your reasons why, job. And I can see the conflict in your mind. I can see you got your alibis. And I know you want the reasons why, job.
You're listening to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. We've just heard the song, Not Your Average Sunday Morning, written and performed by Brandon Gregory and Toronto indie band Drop Top Alibi. You're listening to a conversation I had with Brandon in mid-June 2020. How do you see this whole pandemic thing, this whole isolation thing, and how it's affecting the music business? What do you see going forward for it? For Toronto? For Toronto, for the indie scene in yeah. general. Well, let's see if there's venues left first. Um, if there are, you know, they can't mandate everybody takes the vaccine because that just, you know, that just opens a whole slew of, you know, once you start mandating something, then, okay, now are you going to force mental health patients to take certain things? Like, this, there's so many things over the last 40 years that have happened, especially in the mental health field, about yeah. not being able to force people to take medication or vaccines. I feel like that mandate of this vaccine being mandatory is just not going to happen. So if that's the case... Now, obviously, they have their ways. Like, you can't sign your kid up for the public school system if they haven't been vaccinated. Like, they have their little loopholes. But, you know, the reason I bring that up is... You know, are you going to play a show at the Painted Lady or Cherry Cola's behind plexiglass? And if so, that's just, you're going to, the sound's going to be shaped because the amps are on stage, right? So how is that going to work? How how are shows going to work? Um, you know, Toronto is a very progressive city in a lot of ways, um, especially in the arts community. Are people going to, is live streaming going to be the thing? Is, is there going to be improvements in the technologies for that to make it more frequent, more affordable, more, you know, less latency, less this, less that? I think you're going to see a lot more music coming out. Um, a lot of, you know, maybe some more, some smaller labels will start to pop up to kind of help distribute music because maybe the live thing's just not going to work. Who knows? Um, but my first and foremost thing is going to be like there's a petition going around right now and if the statistics true I have no reason to believe it's not but it's pretty profound like they're saying in six months if there's no bailout from the government 95% of the venues in the country are going to be closed it's like oh boy okay well if there's a city where that's going to get hit the hardest it's Toronto and Vancouver yeah. right you know and like for example like I'll just I'll just come out and say this I when this all happened I figured I had a list who I thought was going to go down first and who I thought was going to stay open. And the first the first club that went down, now obviously they're smart businessmen and they, they, they did their thing. I thought the hideout was going to make it through this thing. I thought exactly the and same they, thing. I they was were shocked. The, they were the first one who went down. Yeah. So to me, that was like, that was one of the lowest points of this quarantine when that yeah. club closed. For me as a freelance musician, I had a solo acoustic residency there. I played there one to three times a month. I had a I had a cover band with Ben Healy, Cam, Jeff Cox, and Stacy Shopowitz that was offered a bi-weekly residency there. That club made me money. And we had some of our greatest times there just partying as kids and also not kids, like, you know, we were legal, but just having fun there. And then also like, you know, the first time Drop Top played to a sold out three hundred and fifty person room was there. You know what I mean? And also, those the owners are my friends. The bar yeah. staff were my friends. Like it was a really, it was a really low moment for me. And it also just then all of a sudden my list just gets discombobulated. Well, how is this place going to stay open? How is that place going to stay open? You know, I'm texting other dear friends of mine, being one of them, and and is everything okay? Like, are you like what's 
you know, and you don't want to be too pushy and pry for private information because it's financial at the end of the day, but it's like, you know. Do you think that the bands who haven't, I mean, if you look at anywhere from, you know, when I got back into this business in 2015 until 2019, there was, I mean, you would get four or five bands on a bill mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a club. And it doesn't matter whether it was Cherry Cola's or the Velvet or even the Hideout, mm-hmm. wherever the Hideout was at that time. Um, that's a, there was a lot of bands, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of really good bands. Mm-hmm. Drop Top came out of a lot of that. Hot Lips came out of it. The Mono Whales worked their ass off. I mean, there's a lot of really good bands out there. The, the Crooked, JC, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, Kirk Reed, and mm-hmm. the Reed Effect. Um, but there's a lot of bands that were seen to be playing, I'm going to say, just for the heck of playing mm-hmm. or because they wanted to play or maybe because they wanted, they saw themselves as rock heroes. But I didn't see them putting the work into their music and their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if, if this is going to clean it out a bit. For it lack could, of a better term. It could, because there's, it's such an uphill battle right now that the ones who are left standing are the ones who really want to be there still, yeah. right? Um, but all that being said, and you know, I think for, for the immediate future, let's see who's still open. Let's see what the laws around vaccinations and, you know, what are some of the, the precautions that clubs are going to have. Because if, if we have to play behind plexiglass on it at like the Painted Lady and Cherry Colas, then how many bands are going to want to do that? Well, it's physically like, impossible. We'll really. go deaf with yeah. our stage sound behind the plexiglass, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. Plus, the other thing to keep in mind is once things relieve, you know, how long before the Glorious Sons play the Horseshoe or play Lee's Palace, right? Because they want to play. So you know what I mean. So yeah. it's what's going to happen to the indie market once the heavy hitters can technically come sell out the horseshoe and they haven't played for a year and a half, right? So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it will clean out a lot. But then obviously let's let's pretend it, it is the worst case scenario and everything closes. In five to ten years it restarts again. Now what does that mean for people like us? While we're at the age now where we'd be well into our 30s at that point, right? Life changes. Um, but it's not like music will die because there will be a new slew of kids who come through who are living through everything that's happening right now as teenagers who are going to have a lot to say and are going to, quite frankly, be a lot more woke than a lot of, you know, even ourselves when we were at that age. And I think it it will come back. The question is going to be, is it going to die before before then? Or is it going to, are we going to start having shows before the end of this year or early enough next year that people haven't given up i mean even myself i'm seeing some people on my facebook on my instagram who are successful independent they're doing drywall now you know what i mean and there's no knock on that i'm framing houses again but it's like oh my god you already are doing this i hope you haven't given up but maybe you have because this the existential kind of toll that being stuck at home and having no idea how long this is going to take. I think that's going to be very, a very key factor and it's very individual and there's just no way to predict how that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. The socialization factor is going to take a hit. I Mm -hmm. think there's going to be a lot of, I think that the biggest thing that's going to come out of this actually on a personal level is going to be the mental health Mm -hmm. of most of the people that are locked down, but especially musicians 
who are out four or five nights a week or on tour. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how that's going to affect them. So I think I think it'll re reflect in the music. I mean, there's already been a few people who have gotten really sick or yeah. who have unfortunately passed away. You know, so it's you just you hope for the best. If praying's your thing, you pray and you just hope that people are healthy and have support systems and feel like they can lean on what they have to to make it through. This next song, Eyes for You, is about addiction and isolation. It was written and recorded by Drop Top Alibi pre-pandemic, but has now taken on a new meaning for the band since its release in August 2020.
Welcome back to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. We've just heard the song, Eyes for You, written and performed by Brandon Gregory and Toronto indie band Drop Top Alibi. You're listening to a conversation I had with Brandon in mid-June 2020. So we'll end this on a positive note. Mm -hmm. What's one positive thing that's come out of this for you, personally Mm -hmm. and professionally? Personally, I... You know, I uh, I had some, some things happen at the beginning of this year that really made me want to look internally and reflect. Um, I really cleaned up my act as far as, you know, certain habits go. And I got back into shape. I feel strong. I feel healthy. I'm eating well. You know, my self-confidence is increasing because I physically feel better. Um and I'm expanding my horizons as a writer, as a musician, as a human being. There's a lot of time to question things. And for me, the most important thing has been about questioning things within myself. Where, can, where is there room for growth? Why do I feel this? Why do I feel that? Um, and it's been a lot of time to dig into those things. And as a songwriter, I mean, I'm I never thought I would just co-write with anybody. I'm trying to learn how to write country and pop right now because why not? It's going to help. And I've learned some tricks of like just how to write a good melody, how to write a good song. And I'm then the next song I write that ends up being a drop top song is like, wow, this is good. This is this is strong. I'd be interested to hear how this turns out. Um, and so a positive thing professionally we have dug into social media marketing and digital marketing and streaming in ways we never had before because it's all we have now. And it's truthfully been one of the areas that we've lacked in. But now since it's kind of the only tool we have, we've put a lot of work into you know, consulting with people who are good at it and asking for advice and paying for seminars and learning. And it's, I, we think our next release is going to be the most impactful one we've had in a long time. That's wonderful. That's actually great news. And I'm going to say thank you so much. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Yes. Thank you for participating in this because this has been great. My pleasure. You've just listened to a conversation I had with singer-songwriter guitarist Brandon Gregory in June 2020. We met at Heart Lake Conservation Park in Brampton. It was a wonderful sunny day to stroll by the lake and eventually sit on a park bench and chat. Many thanks to Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong for writing and performing the theme music for the show. And to those of you tuned in, thank you for taking the time to listen, inviting us into your cars, offices, and homes. If you'd like to continue listening to what these musicians have to say, follow me on Podbean or any one of the platforms you're using, and you'll be notified automatically when the next conversation is published. I am Pat Blythe, and you're listening to Love the Music. Have a great day and a wonderful evening.